My name is Jonathan Shackleton, an Irish cousin of Serana Shackleton, who himself was born in County Kildare in 1874. Serana Shackleton is probably Ireland's best-known explorer, celebrated internationally for his expeditions to Antarctica, and especially for his heroic feats of survival after his ship, the Endurance, became trapped in the ice. His ensuing journey to save his men had been chronicled in books, films and theatre. Now, during the COVID-19 pandemic, we all find ourselves asked to endure. In our case, to endure isolation, boredom and anxiety while we try to stop the spread of this virus and protect the health of ourselves and everyone else. In 1914, just before his endurance expedition, Shackleton wrote about what he felt were four qualities needed as a polar explorer, which he also felt were necessary for every person to go through this world successfully. He put these in the order he felt were most essential. These were, first, optimism, second, patience, third, idealism, fourth, courage. We can learn from Shackleton that these qualities can help us through the next few weeks and months. So we have highlighted and discussed them for you in this short podcast series. We hope you enjoy it. And if we've piqued your interest in Shackleton or polar exploration, then consider joining us at the next Shackleton Autumn School in Ireland at Athai, County Kildare. Frank Wilde's Diary, Nimrod Expedition, January 31st, 1909. Shackleton privately forced upon me his one breakfast biscuit and would have given me another tonight had I allowed him. I do not suppose that anyone else in the world can thoroughly realise how much generosity and sympathy was shown by this. I do and I shall never forget. Thousands of pounds would not have bought that one biscuit. This podcast is going to be a little different than the previous episodes because we have two guests instead of just one, and we think there's a kind of fifth quality that Shackleton might have added to his list of the qualities necessary to get through life. And we're just going to tease that out with um, Jackie and with Kevin, who you've heard in a previous podcast. So I'm going to start with Jackie. Can you introduce yourself and um, what it is that you do? Yes, my name is Jackie Austin. I'm a director of public health nursing in County Louth. Before that, I worked in Dublin Southwest as an assistant director of public health nursing. For anyone who doesn't fully know, what's public health nursing? How would you describe that? Public health nursing is a service that's provided in the community from birth right up until the end of life. So we're across all services, very much involved in community and obviously then very much frontline at the moment. And Kevin, can you introduce yourself and maybe explain briefly your interest in Shackleton and why you wanted to invite Jackie to join the podcast? So my name is Kevin Kenny and I'm a member of the Shackleton Committee in Athai who run the Shackleton Autumn School and orchestrate the Shackleton Museum in Athai. My interest in Shackleton began as a teenager 
a fortunate uh, purchase of a second-hand treasure island, uh, which had a postcard in it from Ernest Shackleton to Jacobs, the biscuit makers, thanking them for supplying biscuits for his Nimrod expedition. And read a bit more about Shackleton and found just this great character who has been a, a travelling companion with me in, in life uh, since then. I know Jackie, believe it or not, I know Jackie from when we met in an orphanage in Romania in the 90s, working with HIV positive orphaned children. I was ta- telling Jackie about the podcast, about Shackleton's four principles, and Jackie immediately said, you know, with what we're dealing with, we really should add kindness to that. And it just hit me uh, as being really relevant. And, you know, it's really great 100 years after Shackleton, who was a master at handling adversity and took the time to write about how to do it. It's really nice to be able to say, well, you know, we propose adding to the master's four principles. We propose adding kindness. Can you explain from your perspective, why did you think kindness needed to be added to this list of essential qualities? When this pandemic, COVID-19, hit us with a real sort of sense of a, a reality, I noticed my colleagues around me, and that wasn't just nursing, that's all within the HSE and beyond. But we were trying to manage something that was completely new to us and completely unknown to us. And I noticed that people were often quite stressed and overwhelmed at times because you're dealing with something that's it's new to us, but it's it's not just in work. It's our home. We're bringing it home to us. And, you know, when you'd notice somebody getting very stressed, I just thought kindness became something that um, that made a difference. And I'm not talking about like random acts of kindness. I'm talking about people just literally being kind to each other, sometimes not knowing each other very well, but just noticing that somebody might be be a bit more stressed than normal or a bit more overwhelmed, really, than usual. And again, we had lots of telecons. It was telecons was the it, from the beginning we were on telecons and it could get quite heated at times. And I suppose just a kind word to somebody afterwards was often often very effective. And, and I think we all felt that if somebody just said something nice and um, made a difference. So you're not talking even really about the kindness of nursing staff, but just ordinary be minding other people absolutely and even stopping in the morning to get diesel because you're the only one on the road you're you're on you're working every single day and you're the only one on the road going in to get diesel and somebody offers you a free cup of coffee and you can see that person has given it to you from a kindness they're, they're delighted to be able to do something for you on the front line and i often thought that was really and i appreciated that you appreciate it yourself. It's it's very reciprocal. You get something from it and the person who's giving gets something from it as well. So, Kevin, we are gleefully adding to Shackleton's list of essential traits because he's dead and he can't contradict us. But you actually think that this is really a valid addition to his list because it, in fact, fits in with aspects of Shackleton himself. Why do you think it wasn't included in the first place? Shackleton was a person of his time. And uh, if we think back 100 years ago um, and, you know, if we look at the era Shackleton was around the early 1900s, um, you know, we had, you know, just after Boer War coming to in these parts of the world, Boer War, First World War, the ramp up the First World War. And, you know, life was hard and very structured. You had masters and servants in the big houses. You had apprentices and masters in in um you know, in workplaces. Um, and you also had a growing military 
that ran on command and control. It's the only way a military can work. But so it was a very structured, people took orders, did them, and that was it. A hundred years ago, I don't think anyone would have, um, I think you probably would have been laughed at if you raised kindness uh, as a very important thing to do. I think Shackleton used kindness and consideration to lubricate teamwork, you know, using that sort of genuine interest in people, genuine supporting people, genuine reaching out and genuinely being kind. And there's some great examples of it throughout his expeditions. So I think we'll come to those examples in a minute, but I'm just interested to ask Jackie, how essential do you see kindness as being in the current situation? Really important. It's really very much why we're managing as well as we are within the HSE. Since the beginning, our first task was to set up testing centres. We had no exposure to this before. It was completely new to us. So within the HSE, within the community, we had to pull together and set up testing hubs across the country. And then we had to set up assessment units. And after that, then we had to work, help support nursing homes and keep our own front line going as well. So it took a huge amount of commitment and working together and a real essence of kindness from everybody to keep that going. People worked above and beyond. There are people only beginning to take maybe the odd day off now, you know, from right across the spectrum, from every service within the HSE. And I think that sense of of kindness, kind of lubricating teamwork is really important. And maybe, Kevin, do you want to give us an example of that in action in one of Shackleton's expeditions? The first example that comes to mind is the Nimrod expedition and Frank Wilde. Four of them had got to 97 miles from the South Pole on the 9th of January 1909, by far and away the closest anyone had ever got. It was it was an inspiring shackle and knew he wasn't going to get to the South Pole, uh, but he wanted to get within 100 miles of it. So they turned back. They were now on a dash to try and get back to home base um, before the ship left. The ship would have to leave because of the conditions in the Antarctic. It would otherwise get frozen in. So it was a dash on reduced rations and whatever else. They had to cover so many miles per day. And three weeks later, the 31st of January, they actually, they were eating the horses that they had killed on the way out. They had used the horses for haulage. As the horses got spent, they would shoot the horse and leave it deposited in the big open freezer. That's the Antarctic to pick up on the way back. So Frank Wilde was suffering from dysentery. And he was really weak and really bad. Remember, there was four of them in all. Shackleton noticed this and privately, without talking to any of the others, forced his biscuit, his, his, his biscuit, which was a major part of each one's ration for the day, forced a biscuit onto Frank Wilde, forced it privately. I think they're really important words uh, and would have forced the second one if Frank would take it. At that moment, Frank Wilde said, this is the most valuable, kindest thing anyone could do for me, the way it was done. And from this moment on, this is a person I'm going to follow to the end of the world, which literally he did in the endurance expedition. Just as Kevin was talking about there, one kindness begetting another act of kindness and sort of helping to forge long relationships. Do you see evidence of that in the current pandemic? Yes, absolutely. As I was talking earlier on, we've set up lots of new services and you have people who are working together who never worked together before. And, you know, 
the, the whole team effort, it, it, it's always there, but it's without any prompting it's happening. And I think relationships are certainly developed and huge respect for each other. In other areas, then you see just those kindness that we spoke about earlier on a kind word to somebody and the and the, the the feeling of of gratitude for that it's very reciprocal i think kindness is reciprocal and becomes it becomes part of you once you have received a kindness then it is kind of a an impetus to spread that to somebody else absolutely well there's a good feeling about it but and it's certainly reciprocal you you know you you receive something from somebody even if it's a, a compliment you feel better after it and you feel you feel you're going to pass that on to somebody else kevin you've given us a lovely example of that relationship between shackleton and wild which really endured for for several expeditions and in perhaps indeed throughout their lives and the kindness that was at the heart of that relationship how important do you think kindness was to to the success of Shackleton's expeditions? I mean, some kind of success, maybe not always achieving their initial objective, but to making a success out of those expeditions. I mean, the, the other part of Shackleton's expeditions not, not achieving what they set out to do is, uh, and particularly the endurance one, um, just turned out to be an unmitigated, at the mo- in the moment it happened, an unmitigated disaster. You can't imagine anything worse than this um, well-organized landmark sort of expedition going off and it gets stuck in the ice and next thing that happens is the ship is lost and then put all the circumstances around it. The World War One is going on. Nobody's interested in going looking. So, I mean, 28 people were going to freeze to death and that's where you needed teamwork. That's where you needed people not picking old scores with other people um, <clears throat> people not looking for the weaknesses or faults in other people, but actually, you know, as opposed to a vicious circle, a virtuous circle, where everybody was shoulder to shoulder um, and were looking for, can I, how can I help someone else? They weren't looking for, as you get in a lot of situations, a lot of, you know, uh, driven maybe business situations today where people are looking, who's the weak one? Uh, How can we pick on the weak one? Um, this is where you're looking for, we're all in this together. If there is a weakness, how can we lift that person to get them up with the rest of us? You know, kindness is that lubricant, polyfilla, whatever you call it. Um, it's the bit that makes the team work. And Jackie, would you see that similarly in your in your experience in the HSE and in nursing? I mean, what Kevin's describing there is that you know, kindness is a skill that ensures the success of your goal. Would you say that that's also true in the context of public health nursing or in the context of the pandemic? Absolutely. And I think we see that on a day to day, um, both in our hospitals and in our um, communities. And, you know, we're sharing, we're sharing, we're sharing support because we're helping each other out in circumstances. We're sharing equipment. We're sharing PPE, which is the big, the big, the big, you know, concern for all of us. Um, and we're off. We're, we're doing that every single day. We're looking after each other. We're not just grabbing and taking for ourselves. We're actually looking after each other. And we've been very considerate about that. And we are being really mindful of our colleagues at the front line, at the very front line in the hospitals, etc. I know, Kevin, that in that heroic age of exploration, there were other competitors for kind of top polar explorer and Shackleton had worked with some of them. Um, 
how would you compare Shackleton's character and maybe his expeditions with some of those other uh, polar explorers? The, the obvious one to compare with is, is Captain Scott, Robert Falcon Scott. Scott was a very much naval upbringing, found himself in charge of the blue ribboned um, government funded expedition to the Antarctic. He now had was in pole, I was going to say in pole position to be the first to get to the South Pole. Okay, and you know himself and Amundsen actually arrived uh, in Antarctica within a few months of each other, and um, they both knew of each other's uh, you know their presence. But for Scott sort of it, it was considered the pole was Scott's for the taking. He ran his he ran his expedition on military lines. For example, you know, the scientists did scientific work. The sailors did the, the grunt work, the sailing of the ship. If I can just flip to Shackleton, Shackleton had his great line. He wanted the ABs working with the BAs. So the able-bodied seamen worked with the BAs from Cambridge. So as the ship was sailing down, the sailors were teaching the scientists how you, how you sail a ship. As they were, when they landed, uh, the scientific work was going on and the sailors were learning and participating with the scientists. It was actually more than that. There's, there's a fantastic photograph of James Wordy, who was the geologist on the expedition, Alf Cheatham, who was a, just a rough, tough sailor, and Dr McElroy, all scrubbing the floor of the endurance. So Scott, one of his parties, the parties in the expedition, so the expedition would typically have a few different objectives. Um, one might be to get to the South Pole, but there would be other exploration ones that would go out for months to, to do other work. Um, so one of those parties ended up being caught away from the camp and had to overwinter in an ice, ice cave. So this was a cave that they dug out when they found they were not going to be able to get back and they were going to have to spend a winter in this. And the, the record is that an officer drew his boot down the middle of the cave and said, the men will sleep on this side and the officers will sleep on the other side. With Shackleton, if we look at the endurance, they had heavy and light sleeping bags. The heavy were for the overland party who were going to try and cross the Antarctic. Obviously, that never happened. The light ones were for the sailors who were sailing on the ships. When it all went wrong, they had this load of sleeping bags, some heavy, some light. Shackleton organised the draw for the sleeping bags. The officers all got the light sleeping bags. And Shackleton himself, when they were staying on Endurance before it sank, it was frozen in. They actually, just diary entry, there were others concerned about Shackleton because he was occupying the coldest quarters on the ship. So everybody knew the leader of this expedition is in here with us. He's taking the hits. Um... And, and, you know, that, I think, is a form of kindness. It strikes me that, Jackie, that one of Shackleton's successes is by demonstrating kindness, he engenders kindness in other people. How do you find that that might be working in the current situation? How can we engender kindness? Do you have any uh, any tactical tips? Yeah, I think, I think like t today, leadership, Kindness underpins the essential trait similar to Shackleton of good leadership. As leaders, if you have good, solid kindness, it's going to have it's going to have an impact on everyone else. And I think I see that happening. Um, have you seen any particular examples of that leadership in kindness that you were speaking of? 
I certainly have. We have management meetings regularly. And when you're encouraged and, you know, commended for what you do, I think people are happier. They, they, you know, you, you have a better sense of yourself. And it's, you know, to acknowledge where people are at, no matter what that is, and no matter what people are doing, to be acknowledged makes a huge difference. What kind of ordinary acts of kindness should all of us be engaging in? I think to say thank you is very important. I think to acknowledge people in whatever capacity that you acknowledge and say thank you for something that's been done for you. And I also think to not blame. We're in a really difficult time and, you know, things can go, expectations can be very high. And the middle person is often the the the, the, the person who's blamed for something. We're, it's changing every day. Situations are changing. And by the time you get around the corner, there's a new piece of information. So what you're delivering is completely changed. So it's very much changed. So it's not to it's to to appreciate that, to appreciate that they were all under significant pressure. Really. Kevin, do you want to add anything else about kindness and Shackleton that might be relevant to the pandemic? Taking kindness almost as a given and um, having it in there and part of it just makes everything more efficient. And I think, again, that came true in Shackleton's teamwork. It came true in, there's just maybe one particular example, if, if I could pick this one up, is um, when Endurance had left Buenos Aires heading for South Georgia, uh, this extra crew member, Percy Blackborough, 18 years old, emerged. Now, Shackleton had previously not wanted to take young people because he had observed that they were more prone to scurvy and frostbite. So now he's left this young stowaway. And I mean, imagine the precariousness. His ship had sank. And that was the life of the sailor in those days. You went to a port and you tried to jump on a ship to try and get a ride home, really. So this young guy got onto endurance, uh, emerged out two or three days later, and he was at the total will of the, the leader of the expedition then. But Shackleton signed him on the crew. And later on, when the James Caird beached on Elephant Island, when they had finally reached some form of solid land after drifting on the ice, there was still the boat journey to South Georgia to happen. Percy Blackborough was suffering so badly from frostbite, he couldn't walk. And Shackleton carried him above the high watermark on Elephant Island and writes in South, he says, so he can now forever say he's the first person to land on Elephant Island. So he gave him what he could when he had nothing else to give him. One of the things that runs through those Shackleton stories of kindness is to assume the best of people. So he finds the stowaway and instead of being angry for the fact that he's burdened the ship with another person to feed and the, he assumes the best and and decides to believe that the, the boy had the best intentions and to treat him accordingly. Does that chime with your understanding of kindness and the kind of kindness that we should strive for? Yes, absolutely. I mean, if we don't look for the best in someone, what's what's the alternative? Most of us had gathered on the foreshore, watching with anxious eyes for any signs that the ship had seen us. As we stood and gazed, she seemed to turn away. Again and again we cheered, though our feeble cries could certainly not have carried so far. Suddenly she stopped. A boat was lowered and we could recognise Sir Ernest's figure as he climbed down the ladder. Simultaneously we burst into a cheer, and then one said to the other, Thank God, the boss is safe. 
for I think his safety was of more concern to us than was our own. Soon the boat approached, near enough for the boss, who was standing up in the bows, to shout to Wilde, "'Are you all well?' To which Wilde replied, "'All safe, all well.' And we could see a smile light up the boss's face as he said, "'Thank God!' Thank you for listening to What Would Shackleton Do? This is the last podcast in this short series, but we hope you can look forward to more podcasts about Shackleton in the near future. My name is Juliana Edelman, and I'm an assistant professor of history in Dublin City University. Bear with me, I've got a lot of credits to give for this final episode. First of all, I'd like to thank the following people for their support and enthusiasm throughout the series. Margaret Walsh, who works at the Shackleton Museum in Athai, Joe O'Farrell, and Kevin Kenny, who's been my collaborator throughout. I'd also like to thank all the contributors, Jonathan Shackleton, Jackie Blackwell and Kevin Kenny in this episode, Kevin in a previous episode on optimism, Laura Leonard in the episode on idealism, Seamus Taff on patience, and Jim McAdam on courage. All of the readings have been done by the actor John Carty from the Blue Raincoat Theatre Company in Sligo. The music we've used throughout the series is by Brian Hughes. And once again, watch this space for any future podcasts about Shackleton. You can follow me on Twitter, Edelman Juliana, or the Shackleton Museum, Adathai Heritage.